0: Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation, New Jersey. God bless you, PA here, Pastor Adam Bird, and I'm so excited that you would choose to spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation. And um, if you've been tracking with us, you you know that we've been going through the Gospel of John, and we're going to be in John chapter 14. But but before we get there, uh, I am just overcome with excitement because the NFL has started this week. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And listen, you can root for whatever team you want, but we pray for the New York Jets because it's Jesus's team. All right. (laughs) And so listen, uh, a quick story. It's funny. I became the the New York Jets chaplain back in uh, 2007. Would love to tell you how that came to be about, but that's for another sermon. And uh, so back in 2007, I became uh, the New York Jets chaplain. And in 2008, The New York Jets traded for Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre right? I mean, it was, it was amazing. I got a call from one of the coaches and says, Hey, Adam, uh, we want you to come into the facility because we want to introduce you to Brett Favre. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet Brett Favre, man. And and I was trying to figure out how to play it, man. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to come off as like a fan or something like that, but as well, you, you know, you, you want to be like, you want to be honoring in that. So I'm just like, Hey, who are you? Oh, Brett Favre. Hey, good to meet you. You know, like But inside I'm like, wow, how cool. I got to meet Brett Favre, man. But, but he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. And it's interesting. In his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, he shared something he had never shared before publicly. And here's what he said. His father was his high school coach. And he recalls a game where he, like Brett just stunk it up as a quarterback for his high school team. And he played a terrible game. And behind closed doors, the assistant coaches spoke with Brett's dad, the head coach. And he overheard his father. And here's what his father said. His father said, I can assure you one thing about my son, he will play better, he will redeem himself. I know my son, he has it in him. And and as a a son and and an athlete, I, I bet it had to be difficult to hear those words, hey, he didn't play well, he didn't play well, um, and so what was he going to do with that, and it's interesting, Brett Favre, he said years later, he always remembered those words, and he says, I, I think I spent the rest of my career try, t- trying to redeem myself from that bad game, and, and he redeemed himself all the way to the NFL Hall of Fame, and so uh, I share that story not to say, uh, to in any way say that you and I as humanity, that we can, we'd have to redeem ourselves. I got news for you. That's opposite of the gospel, and you just can't do it. But what I do want you to hear is this. Is, you know, sometimes if we're able to receive and hear difficult things, it can be life-altering and transformative. It just can. And so uh, we're going to be in in John 14, and Jesus is going to say something uh, to the disciples that is disorienting to them then at that time. And for you and I in 2023, for some people, it can be downright offensive. And so, uh, but if you can receive it, I promise you it can be transformative for your life here and now and quite possibly your eternity. And so if you remember in john 13 jesus is washing the disciples feet this was very disorienting to the disciples because it was the lowest of low things to do and hey you're supposed to be our king our messiah right and and then jesus uh during the passover meal he's actually going to say this hey one of you One of you is going to sell me out and betray me. And one by one, the disciples are like, hey, Lord, it's not me. It's not me. Surely not I, Lord. And then you get Peter who pipes up and Peter says this, Lord, I I would never betray you. In fact, I would die for you. And do you remember what Jesus interjects? He says, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, uh, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And so with that, man, there's this disorientation uh, with uh, his disciples and and he can he can sense the angst in them. And then it's like he adds on to the angst. Jesus says this, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm going away. I'm going away. He says, but where I know, you know where I'm going. And, and I love Thomas. Thomas is like, uh, hey, Jesus, we don't know what you're talking about. And then Jesus is going to say this. And, and here's going to be our anchor text for the day. He's going to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, once again, uh, for the disciples at this time, it was a highly confusing statement. And for people in 2023, uh, it, can, it can be offensive uh, to some. It's, it's the exclusivity claims of Christ that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there really is no other. And so let's dive into our text today. John chapter 14, uh, verses 1 through 6, we'll read. Uh, it says this it says jesus says let not your hearts be troubled believe in god and believe also in me And so I love this, just that like Jesus is reading the room and he can feel the angst, the anxiety in his disciples. And so he's wanting to speak faith and speak peace uh, to his followers. He goes on in verse two, he says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And so uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense to us uh, today, but but the disciples would have got this. He's talking about a a, a betrothal. Uh, When when a a man would propose to a woman, they would be betrothed to one another, and and the man would go to his father's house, and there he would build a wing and a room on his father's house, and when it was finished, he would return for his bride and bring her back home again. It's a picture of Christ going away, preparing a place, and then he returns for his bride, his church, right? And so uh, we keep going on in verse 4, It says, and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And so I love Thomas's uh, honesty. And yet he's he's confused as to what Jesus is doing, but he continues to believe and walk in faith. Uh, Verse six, Jesus said to him, here's our anchor text. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And so uh, as a pastor, you know, I have to have three points and I love how this breaks down. I am the way, the truth, the life. We have our three points. Let's, Let's look at this. Jesus says, I am the way it's the exclusivity claim of Jesus Christ that he is the one and only way to God and and so uh, the, like this can be disorienting to, uh to many in 2023 like how can you say that there's the only way and and uh, I'd love to share a story that that uh, is, is really quite clarifying for me today you know because um, in 2023 we, we value inclusivity and tolerance but I think if we were to peel back the veil and really pay attention really how tolerant are today um, and so uh, uh, Pastor Tim Keller, who passed away, went home to be with the Lord. He actually did a religious forum on, on a, uh, a university campus, and and there it, it was him. There was the three monotheistic faiths: it, it was uh, Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity. And Pastor Keller was uh, the the Christian. They had a Jewish rabbi, and then they had a, a Muslim imam uh, on, and so they each uh, had their moment to share uh, the doctrines and the tenets of their faith, uh, and then they they got to ask questions uh, between one another, and it was nothing but with respect. For, it was it was uh, respectful, honoring. Uh, dialogue uh, amongst these three uh, different religions, but but here's what was so great. Uh, and they all agreed that if one of these religions was right, by default, the other two were wrong. And so if Christianity is true, uh, then Islam and Judaism uh, by default is wrong. If Judaism is true, uh, then Islam and Christianity is false, right? And so they all agreed that that was the case. And then they opened up the forum to questions and it was amazing. <laughs> all the students were outraged and beside themselves. How can you say that someone else's religion is wrong? How dare you? And they were so offended and outraged. And and here's why I think that's so funny is, um, you know what what the the Christian, the Muslim, uh, and the the, uh, Jewish rabbi, what they were doing? They were exercising tolerance. Like the definition of tolerance is that you can disagree with somebody and still respect honor walk alongside them right but but that's not our definition of tolerance today is it the definition of tolerance today is hey you have to fully affirm what everybody believes which first of all how on earth can you do that and, and you know the other mantra of our day today is be your authentic self well how is that even possible if you need to bend your beliefs and everything to what other people believe right uh, authenticity then becomes simply uh, impossible and so my fear is is this this um, this definition of tolerance today is creeping into the church. Um, there's this thing called universalism, right? Where, where it's this idea that all religions lead to God. And, and my fear is that, that this, would cre- this uh, ideology would creep into the church, uh, you know, under the guise of tolerance uh, and inclusion. And so, uh, listen, uh, the reality is we read in our text today, Jesus would disagree. Always don't lead to God jesus says i am the way and so so uh, the universalist our text would read like this jesus would say i am a way i am a, a truth and i am a life no man comes to the father but through me or through Muhammad, or through Buddha, or whoever else you'd like to fill in the blank with, right? And so uh, I, I understand the heart behind it. However, it, it's it's if it's not true that all ways lead to God, how cruel is it to say it is then, right? Because if ultimate reality is only one way can be true, man, you better know that way. And so um, um, it, was, it was funny, I was doing a, a Bible study. This was, uh, uh, you know, about a decade ago. I was doing a Bible study with some of the New York Jet coaches, and, and, and one of the Jet coaches pulled me aside afterwards. Um, I, the, he was a Christian, a uh, strong believer, and, and uh, he pulled me aside, and he just said this. He says, uh, PA, Pastor Adam, he goes, um, you know what? I just think in the end, God's just going to let everybody into heaven. And you know what? I, I appreciated his heart, and I, I know the heart behind that. And, and that, that, um, that uh, motive, I, I applaud. However, there's ramifications to that. Like like if God just is going to let everybody in and always lead to God, here's some problems. Number one is this. Jesus is a liar. Like like we just read, Jesus says, I am the way, the only way to God. And so, so Jesus is a liar and we shouldn't trust him. Do you know what else this, this would say? Um, if everybody just gets in, then the Bible is not true. It's fiction and we shouldn't trust it. And then last but not least, like, listen, if I'm Jesus... I'm frustrated because uh, I had to become, God become a man. I suffered and died brutally for what? If everybody just gets in, right? It's see to, to to believe that always lead to God. It's unbiblical, and it really doesn't make sense. And it's crazy. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting how all the the world's monotheistic faiths would agree. There really is only there's only one way. The question is, which way do you choose to go? And so, um, uh, oftentimes out here today, and man, they've done polls on this thing. I don't have the exact numbers before me, but oftentimes Christians feel like it's offensive to share your faith with other people. People. And, and listen, I'm not going to rebuke you this morning. I'm going to allow a, a, a professed atheist rebuke you this morning right his name is Penn Gillette uh, I think we have an image of him coming up and, and, and you'll recognize him he's a he's a, a, a magician entertainer um, uh, um, host he's uh, like you know you've seen him before on several different things but he's also a, an avowed atheist and it's fascinating and I've shared this story before but there was a young man who went to see one of his uh, uh, comedic shows and, and at the end of it the, the Christian guy waited afterwards uh, for Penn Gillette and afterwards he rated uh, waited with him with a Bible uh, that, that the young man had given him a, a scripture that he prayed about. And he says, Mr. Gillette, it was an amazing show. And I just wanted to give you this Bible. And I know you're an atheist, but but I still, I, I want you to have this. And do you know that Penn Gillette was so moved by that, he immediately went to Instagram to all his followers. And, and he was he was almost teary-eyed. And he said this, like like how the courage it took for that man to give me this Bible, and he rebuked all the Christians. He says, how can you believe what you believe and not tell everybody that that you know about this? Right? And so Jesus says, I am the way. And so so Christians, I'm talking to you this morning. Hey, we should never be uh, arrogant, but we should always be urgent in wanting to share our faith with others. Like uh, as I'm recording this, it's on the eve of 9/11, and uh, you remember the story of Wells Crowder uh, from the tragedies of September 11th. Wells Crowder actually was a was a young uh, um, college graduate who was working on the 78th floor of, of the South Tower in finance, and uh, when when the U.S. Airways uh, flight uh, 175 hit the South Tower and and as as fire and jet fuel is just pouring uh, through uh, the building, and there's, there's darkness and confusion and panic. Uh, Wells Crowder went to work, and, and he put on uh, this, this red bandana that he, he carried with him in order to block out the, the fumes, and, and then he strategically went around, and his voice could be heard, follow me, I found a way out and he would lead people down to safety and he went up and down the South Tower some three times until the tower itself collapsed and and Wells died. He was was called a hero. And you know, in the same way that you and I, we we, we should have an urgent message. We should be men and women uh, wearing the red bandana, letting people know, hey, follow me. I found a way out and the way out, his name is Jesus. You know, in in John chapter 10, uh, verse 9, Jesus is going to say this, I am the door. I am the door. Let me read to you John 10, 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And it's this idea of Jesus saying, I'm the door to life and life abundant. And so uh, um, uh, I'm sure some of you remember the story of the Winchester house. Um, They actually made a creepy movie about it and whatnot, but but the Winchester house was actually owned by Sarah Winchester. She was the heiress to the Winchester rifle uh, fortune and and so, so the, the backstory to this home is, is Sarah. Uh, she, she was pregnant. Uh, she had a daughter, but after one month, the daughter died. And then not long after that, there was a series of deaths. In her family uh, she lost uh, her mother she lost her father-in-law and she lost her husband and so she was perplexed so she actually went to a psychic to find out what was going on and this psychic revealed to her she said that that death was pursuing her and so for whatever reason Sarah decided to move from the East Coast uh, out to San Jose on the West Coast there she purchased a small home and she began to build on it uh, she, the the idea in the back of her mind was as long as she constructed this house death couldn't get her. And so uh, this home was constructed and there's all these random things, random staircases that lead to, led to nowhere, doors that, that led uh, off the side of, a, of the building or, or opened into nothing, right? And in fact, there, there were uh, more windows in this place than there are in the Empire State Building. Uh, but, but of the, the 2,000 doors that were in this home, none of them were able to keep death out. And the reason why I say that is because Sarah um, Winchester uh, would die. See, death is batting uh, a thousand. Oh, excuse me. No, he's not. Like death, uh, Jesus died on the cross, but he absorbed death on our behalf. And now what he says, he says, I am the door. And you want to find life, you got to come me. He says, I am the way, the truth, uh, and the life. And, and so uh, like like you and I might say, think, oh man, that's Sarah Winchester. She's crazy. Got a screw loose. Uh, well, listen, you and I, uh, we build much more ridiculous doors to try and escape death uh, and somehow uh, grasp at, at heaven. We just do. And so, and there's do- there are doors uh, that like the Winchester house, they lead to nowhere. So for example, here's, here's a door I see many people trying to escape death with. Uh, it's this idea of the scales if my good outweighs the bad Uh, here's the problem with that Uh, number one it's nowhere to be found in the bible Uh, number two in mark chapter 10 jesus is going to tell the rich young ruler there is nobody good but god Uh uh-oh there's nothing on the scale. And then if you still don't believe it and you think that you're a good person, God gives us the Ten Commandments to examine our heart. And so let's just go through a few of them. Like, uh, um, has anyone ever lied? Uh, and if you're not raising your hand, then that's at least your second lie. Okay. Uh, let me give you another one. I'm, I'll speak specifically to men. Men, ever look at a woman lustfully? No? No? Me neither. (laughs) Of course you have. And by the way, that's probably your third lie. All right. And then I'll I'll speak directly to women. Uh, Ladies, um, has your girl and uh, man, your your ride or die girl ever got uh, something or someone that you wanted and she got it and you didn't? And something just really resentful bubbled up on the inside of you? Huh? Anybody? Is that a universal amen? Right. And so we see that there's no one good. There's nothing good on the scale. And if I still haven't proven it, to you Uh, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, the prophet Isaiah says, our righteousness, our good things are like filthy rags before him. See, there's nothing to balance out the scale. It's a door that leads to nowhere. Uh, another door is this. Sometimes people will do religious activity, like that's the door that's gonna lead them to everlasting life and, and allow them into heaven. Uh, but but so, so what we'll do, they'll, we'll do church attendance. Uh, I'll go to a chapel service, I'll read my Bible, I'll do a small group, I'll serve at church, maybe I'll give a little money into the offering pan. You do all these things as somehow as to purchase or curry favor by your service. And I got bad news for you. God doesn't need anything from you. In Acts chapter 17, verses 24 and 25, uh, Paul says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath, and everything. Did you hear that? Paul's saying this man, there's nothing you can give to God uh, that He needs. He needs nothing. And so there's only one door that leads to life. And his name is Jesus. And so here's like, and so if the if you can feel offense coming in, but here's what I want to say: there's it is an exclusive claim. There's one way to heaven and to God the Father, and it's through Jesus. But the call the call is exhaustive and expansive. We read it in John 10, 9. I am the door. Anyone who will come, you can enter through this narrow door. Jesus says, I am the way. Number two is this. He says also, I, I am the truth. And so when, when he says, I am the truth, what, what he means is, I am ultimate reality the way the world was designed to work and so i don't know if you realize this man but the bible it is filled uh w- with with truths uh that are wildly unpopular today like like there's a uh, truth claims around marriage around sex uh, around gender uh manhood and womanhood right uh there's all kinds of and they're, they're narrow truth claims right and so um if, if you believe that, then uh, here in 2023, you can be uh, accused of being, you're narrow-minded and, or you're bigoted. And, but, but here's what I would say, I mean, truth, by definition, is, is narrow-minded, right? Like, like, like Truth is like math, okay, uh, um, math, like two plus two is four, period, right? Uh, that is, that's not like being narrow-minded, that's just ultimate reality or truth. And so, so here's what I would say, like, uh, man, no matter what, you might want 2 plus 2 to equal 5, but I'm sorry it doesn't. Uh, you're close, but it's still not true. And, and uh, I love how C.S. Lewis, he, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, but, but there's there's a lot of different religious beliefs out there. And he says, uh, some are closer to the truth than other words. And he says, in other words, uh, so, so some might believe two plus two equals seven, right? Uh, but um, if you believe two plus two equals five, it's closer to the truth, but it's still not true. And Jesus says this, me I am the truth. And so, um, like, if you think truth is narrow, let me tell you, man, just to be a little bit off uh, can be deadly. Um, And so uh, uh, I'll share with you this story. Korean Airlines was flying from Anchorage, uh, Alaska, um, all the way to Seoul, Korea. And and as they were doing that, they found out that the navigation system was 1.5 degrees off. 1.5 degrees. I can't begin to tell you. How minute and minuscule that is, but yet over over time and distance, it, you get greater and greater and greater off course. And that you, uh, Korean air, uh, airlines uh, flew into Russian airspace, and the, and the Russians shot down uh, that that uh, that jet, and all the passengers died. See, see, um, Jesus says, "I am the truth." Uh, something else I see today is is your feelings uh, can trump truth uh, Jesus, the truth, right? And and you can't, you can't live your life by your feelings. And, uh, and so, uh, I've shared this one before, but January 26, 2020, I remember exactly where I was exactly what I was doing and you might as well I remember I was I was at Costco right Uh, don't judge me man it's modern-day hunting I was bringing home food for my family and I remember suddenly that there was this stir in Costco and people began to get their phones out and they were they were leaning in and showing one another things and I didn't know what was going on I get in my car turn on the radio and sure enough Kobe Bryant the black mamba uh, was dead and if you remember it was it was a uh, pilot error was the cause of his death as he was he was flying in a helicopter and the pilot it was it was low to no visibility and so the pilot radioed in that he's going to get up above uh, the clouds and so not being able to see he got disoriented and so he thought he was ascending above the clouds and instead he was he was descending some 4,000 um, uh, feet per, per minute and in doing so he slammed the helicopter into a mountainside and all the past. Passengers were dead. See, see, he he was flying by his feelings rather than flying by the instruments. And the great news is, Jesus says that uh, man, He's giving us the instruments, the Word of God, by which we can rightly navigate um, our life. Jesus says, "I am the truth." And so, don't let your feelings, man, trump Jesus, uh, the truth. And so, uh, the monster today can be this, uh, man, your truth is your truth but um if if what you believe your truth is is not true then what happens man man, we're living a lie and so um, um Back in 2015, there was this controversy that was ripping through uh, the United States. You, you might recall it. So uh, in, in 2015, uh, uh, Grace, Grace Johnson, she was she was about to be married. She was engaged to be married, and so her mom Cecilia, uh, she went and she was looking for the perfect dress for her daughter's wedding. As she went out, she actually uh, took a picture of it, and she thought that this perfect dress. She sent it to her daughter uh, Gracie, and she says it's this uh, beautiful black and blue dress, to which uh, Gracie replied, Mom, it's not black and blue, it's white and gold. Uh, they, they put it online to see who is actually true, and it got some 4.4 million uh, Twitter hits in, in 24 hours, right? And so, uh, for the record, and I think we have an image of this going up, um, the dress uh, was black and blue, uh, no questions asked, all right? That's what the designer said uh, is true. And so it doesn't matter what you feel like or what you think it looks like, what matters is what's actually true. Uh, let me give you another one. Similarly, in 2018, another country, it, it literally uh, ripped the nation uh, in two pieces. And so let's see if you remember this controversy today. I think uh, we'll, we're just going to roll a brief film of it Laurel. 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 Do you remember that controversy? Laurel or Yanni. Do you know what it was? It was actually uh, 53% of the nation said it was Laurel and 47% believed it was Yanni. And if you're part of those 47% that believed it was Yanni, guess what? You're wrong, because they went to vocabulary.com. That's where you hear this recording from. And, And actually, the guy who narrated and did the recording, his name is James Aubrey Jones. He indeed confirmed that it was Laurel. And so you might, your truth might be that it's Yanny, but if your truth is wrong, oh my goodness, you're believing a lie. And so, listen, and I know this can come across as being arrogant. Can I just tell you something? Man, I don't think I have all the answers to truth. In fact, I know I don't. Man, I'm just a retired hockey player uh, with a 12th grade education. But it's because I know I don't know the truth that I attach my life to Jesus who says me. I'm the truth. And that's why I attach uh, my life to him and follow him. Because Jesus says, I am the truth. And then last but not least, he says, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and, and that word life, remember, it's the word Zoe. It, it means the highest kind of life, the God kind of life, right? And and so um, uh, uh, we're going to put up a picture. This is, uh, this is a picture of Karen Alpert and, and her husband and and so they look like a real sweet couple, right? How many know sometimes, uh, but, but couples, uh, there can be intense fellowship. And, and she references, uh, Karen references that her husband one time was just being lazy. And she's running around, taking care of the kids, cleaning the house, doing all the stuff. And, and he's laying on the couch watching the game, right? And so she's not having it. So she's going to get back at him. So she makes up a a shopping list and sends him to the store. And she says, you have to get exactly what's on this list. And so let's let's put the list up now. And and if it's okay with you, uh, I'll read to you the list that she gave her husband. Uh, She said, you need to get 3% milk. Can I just tell you, there is no such thing. Uh, Seedless strawberries. There is no such thing. Uh, fat-free hummus. Apparently, in that time, there was no such thing. I would bet there is such a thing right now. She says uh, wheat thins, but in the blue box. <laughs> I mean, no, they come in a yellow box. Um, uh, here's another one. Unsour cream. <laughs> and I love this one. Uh, get diet diet coke uh, you might have to ask somebody about this one it's new <laughs> and then uh, this uh, they, they did a uh, uh, mellow cheese and then this one here original uh, or excuse me uh, organic pop-tarts um, for the record I think they actually have those now uh, as well but uh, I was having so much fun with this that uh, hey maybe you can text in or email in uh, what you would add to it I, my, my daughter and I we thought that she should have put on their uh, mostly virgin olive oil <laughs> uh, here's another one one uh, uh, Swiss cheese but without the holes all right Uh, here's another one uh, Pringles uh, but not in the tube uh, in a box (laughs) and so you could go on and on and have a blast with this thing Uh, and and here's the point he went there and he couldn't find them because it's not there (laughs) and and really in a very real way do you know there's uh, the world our culture media it's sending out all these false shopping lists to you and to me. They're like, oh, if you want to find life, here's what you need to do. And it's got this shopping list that just isn't true. The world will tell you, oh, sex. Sex is the key to Zoe, to great life. And get this, we're having more sex uh, than ever, and people have never been more miserable. Like, like women, they feel unsafe, and we see more like s- single mom and all this weight put on them to have to work and provide and be a mom and a dad and all these different things, right? We see men having more sex and yet yet it becomes less and less satisfying So what they turn to porn or darker and darker and darker things the world will tell you this Oh money money's gonna lead to Zoe It'll lead to life and what happens man? All money does is allow you to buy more and more stuff that already doesn't satisfy you Uh, And as well, we see people with a lot of money now that suddenly they're they're just not sure. Hey, do do you love me? Or do you love my money, right? And there's all this, there's there's loneliness and isolation there. Uh, How about success? The world says, you want to find Zoe life? Man, you just need to be a success. Can I just tell you, success success is a black hole. It is relentless, tireless, a brutal taskmaster. Because you reach success and it lasts for a minute. And then what? What have you done for me lately? Now you need to do more and more. See, uh, I would echo the words of Bono. He says this. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. He says it cooler. I still haven't found, right? So, uh, but um, but but here's the reality: is this? Hey, and none of those things are bad. Sex, money, success, man, they're they're, they're gifts from God in the right biblical context. But they'll never provide Zoe because Jesus says, "I am." the life. I am the Zoe uh, of God. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, if I find in my heart a longing that nothing in this world can satisfy, maybe I was made for another world. And the reality is you and I were made for a different world. We were, we were made uh, for Eden, um, a a world without sin, where man walked uh, with his creator, that we had union with God and there was peace and shalom, nothing broken. And nothing lacking and if you pay attention to your soul and your heart you know it's true um, that, that, that sin it separated us from God and left this God-sized hole and so if you think about it man think of the very very best day you could ever imagine and even though everything was awesome isn't it fascinating that it still felt like ah? Oh, insufficient, inadequate, there still should be room for more. Or on your very worst day, doesn't everything inside your spirit, soul and body scream? It shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be like this. And it shouldn't be because we were made for Eden, a life without sin. And so I'm going to end with this last story. It's about uh, Steve Jobs steve jobs as a, as a young uh, boy was uh, was a christian and and he would go to church until uh, around the age of 13. Uh, at the age of 13 uh, he, he found a, a life uh, article if you remember the magazine life magazine and on the front cover where these starving children in africa emaciated and, and it just it, it crushed steve jobs and he he went to his youth pastor and i'll just read an excerpt from his uh, biography um, uh, young Steve Jobs says, If I raise my finger, will God know which one I'm going to raise even before I do it? The pastor answered, Yes, God knows everything. Jobs then pulled out the life cover and asked, Well, does God know about this and what's happening to those children? Steve, I know you don't understand it, but yes. God knows about that. Jobs announced that he didn't want to have anything to do with worshiping such a God, and he never again went back to church. And and here's what I would say if Steve Jobs was sitting before me today. Steve, what you felt was right. Man, it shouldn't be this way because we were made for Eden. We were made uh, for life with God and without sin, sickness and disease. And so what you feel is right. But who's, who's responsible for what went wrong? That's where you're wrong. Man, there, there's, there's Satan uh, who lied and deceived Adam and Eve. And then what? There's, there's humanity. Adam and Eve sin against God. And now you and I, we sin against one another and we shadow, uh, shatter God's good and great creation. But Steve, I promise you, the promise of the gospel and the good news is this. Jesus is coming back. And he's gonna fix it all he's gonna make everything new again there will be no more starving children Uh, man that there will be peace in the earth and peace uh, amongst men and so um, listen uh, every nation the invitation remains Uh, I am the way the truth and the life and I just want to challenge you, man, remember, uh, though, man, if you can receive difficult things and you, and you can add them to your life, here's what I promise you, man, you can change the, your life today and maybe your eternity. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for this time that we could, we could spend together. Lord, I just, I pray a blessing upon your people. And Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the way the truth, uh, and the life. And Lord, you invite anyone and everyone uh, that, that would receive your invitation to come. And if that's you this morning, I just pray for you. I pray that, that you would take a step to Jesus, the, the great door, uh, the great way, the great truth, the great life, and that you would say yes to Jesus this morning. Lord, we thank you for it in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen, every nation, God loves you and I think you're pretty great too. Uh, We're not finished yet, but uh, uh, we're done with the sermon, but I I just want to share with you that you can still remain faithful in your tithing and your giving. For those of you that have uh, uh, given and sown into our ministry, can I just say thank you and God bless you. God says, I honor those people who honor me. Uh, There's three ways you can give. Uh, You can go to our website, encnj.org and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text. That's how my family and I give. If you just text the letters ENCNJ uh, to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Uh, or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God uh, meet you and bless you uh, as you are faithful in the tithe and giving. Every nation, uh, God loves you and has a, an amazing plan for your life. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.